Hello and welcome to the Soulful of It podcast. We're your hosts, Carrie Raquel. And Uni Cardenas, and this is the July 2021 Transits and Tarot episode on the Soulful of It podcast. If you enjoy this episode, please remember to go give us a five-star rating on iTunes and share it out with your networks. Okay, let's jump into it. Let's go. Hello, Uni. Welcome back. We are here and it is July. July and we're in the season of softening and just like that, we're softening our voices. Yes, we are. We are also recording in a different place for the first time during Mercury Retrograde. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, say a prayer for us and hopefully the audio of this episode turns out as wonderful as I know that it can and we're going to make the most of it. Yeah, exactly. And if you know us, you know that softness in our voice is not necessarily the natural way to be. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So how has the shift from Gemini season to Cancer season been for you, Uni, with the summer solstice kind of giving us that ignition? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't capture it it's been a lot let's just leave it at that the eclipse portal was crazy we are switching gears into summer and i couldn't be happier because uh those were two weeks of absolute hell yeah it was pretty wild i actually felt pretty good during the eclipse portal itself as we got further and further from the eclipse portal i was like Oh, this is intense, but in good ways. Like, I feel like I was digging up some stuff that needed to be addressed. And I also had an opportunity to go on a spontaneous trip to California Mm. with our girl, Katie, who was on the April and May episodes of this podcast. Shout out to Katie Gersh. Hey, Katie. We love you. She's an icon. So was Ollie, her puppy. (laughs) An icon, I tell you. And we went and visited our friend, Tawny. And Tawny is working on a really cool special project that I'm not ready yet to share because it's not fully out in the world yet. But if you're curious to get to know some things about what she's up to, her Instagram is at Tawny, which is T-A-W-N-Y underscore inspires living. And that name could not be more accurate for this girl because she definitely does inspire people to live their life to the fullest and I feel so reinvigorated since I got back from that trip. Mm, And this is so true. She has such a magnanimous energy to her. And if you don't know who Tani is, you can check out the episode. Here we are. Yeah, that's right. She's on episode number eight. Great memory. That episode is amazing. And that episode definitely hints at what we were up to when we were in California together. So there are hints everywhere if you're willing to go look and find them. (laughs) 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 i love it so from there we want to wish a very happy birthday to our crabs and our lions our cancers and leos it's also the fourth of july this month so be looking for those fireworks call up your girl katie perry because baby you're a firework hey make it work and we want to wish a special happy birthday to our friends and family my sister and my father are both cancer sun signs so happy birthday to them and to Spady, y un feliz cumpleaños para ti, primo Alexis, y Alex, y a mi hermana Normichi. And of course, I can't forget about Josie and Nate. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. And then Uni, you are still putting out these epic tarot videos in English and Spanish. Where can people connect with you? The best way to connect with me is on Instagram at uni666 and that's y-u-n-i-i-666 or at my tarot specific page which is at aquarian underscore sage awesome and then for me as always you can connect with me at soulful of it on instagram as well and i also post about behind the scenes and fill in some of the aspects and transits that happen in between these episodes And from there, I would love if you would introduce the cards that you pulled this month, Uni, and tell us a little bit about them. Okay, well, firstly, I was quite shocked when I pulled a lot of the same cards that we had pulled previously, but also not surprised whatsoever. 
The first card that I pulled was the Knight of Cups. And that's looking at what is here right now. That is to say in the conscious awareness. And the Knight of Cups is mutable water. It's connected to Pisces. It's intuitive and heart-guided movement. Engaging with creative romance, charm, and exploring imagination and beauty. When you look at this card, the traditional Smith Rider Waite image has a horseman that is holding a chalice and he's walking slowly and he's got those little wings on the top of his head and i really like that because it has a definite mercurial connection to that as in the motion that is moving through there is really aligned and connected to something really outside of himself and secondly i pulled the two of pentacles that is looking at what is beneath the surface and the subconscious and this card has a funny-looking fellow with, an un- with another funny-looking hat. I love that hat. It looks like a condom. Okay, keep going. <laughs> it does. You can't unsee it. You cannot. I thought it looked like a cone head, but okay. <laughs> and he's literally juggling these two pentacles while these waves are in the background with some boats jumping about. And this card is really juggling multiple priorities, encountering pivotal choices choosing where to put our energy leaning into adaptability overcoming self-sacrifice learning to find a balance and asking yourself what do you really want i love that that one's back by the way just because of the infinity loop on there that's like it really is it's one of my favorite cards because it's one of the minor arcana cards that has major arcana energy to it because when you get it it's really important to be making some choices. Yeah, and I just like the fact that it really is so representative of the world with the waves in the background. Mm. Enjoy those highs because those lows are coming, bro. (laughs) And uh, next, for where are we being asked to shift our attention away from, I pulled the Four of Cups. And... The Four of Cups in the Smith Rider way is hilarious to me. It literally looks like this little cloud is like coming up to this moody ass person. And it's like here. And he's like, no, I don't want it. (laughs) And it really does have that type of energy to it. It's really about waiting and being in consideration. It's when an offering appears, but not one we're meant to grab at with desperation. What does the Four of Cups make you think, Carrie? The Four of Cups makes me think back to when I was dating. So this is BD before Dave. Shout out to Dave. (laughs) I love you. And I would get to a point where I'd be dating someone for a little while. And then that build up to that point where the person would be like, I was just wondering if you want to. And I'm like, look, there's a bird (laughs) and like anything. Right. And I would just ghost with the most out of there. Because ultimately, I realized that just because something is being offered to me doesn't mean that I should want it or that I should take it. Yes. And the Four of Cups is one of the ultimate sit with it cards in all of the tarot. Because when you pull the Four of Cups, you're not supposed to impulsively make choices. You're supposed to consider what's being offered to you and whether or not it really is in highest and best for you to receive that. Definitely. And I I feel the same way about it. I think a lot of people are just so desperate to reach out for whatever is handed to them. And I think this stems from this mindset of lack. Yeah, it's scarcity shit on a collective level right now. And I it keeps bringing me back to Uranus and Taurus. And I feel Mm. like that vibration because of the Saturn Uranus squares that have been happening. It's made me anchored down into the energy of is this really the best thing for me? Do I fucking need this? And if I don't need it, do I even want it? Mm. I think that's a huge theme for this whole episode with these cards so far is like, what do you really want? Yeah, so true. And that being said, our next card is our soulful guide. Then we got our main girl, the Queen of Cups again. She's here. She's sitting on her watery throne with her crazy looking cup chalice (laughs) robot thing. And uh, she's chilling. She's sitting on her throne with all her fruit. I think we pulled her, what, in May? 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure Katie pulled this card and we dove in deep. Yeah, well, she's cardinal water. She's connected to cancer, funny enough. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, connected to creation, creativity, deep soul nourishment and clearing away distractions and establishing routines that support radical, real self-care and self-awareness. And of course, self-discipline. Yeah, I really love the Queen of Cups and... I don't think that there's any mistake that all four of the cards that are here are cards that we have pulled before on this podcast. And I'm pretty sure Queen of Cups was May. I think that the last time we pulled the Two of Pentacles was last July, a Mm. year ago. Isn't that funny? (laughs) Cyclical, isn't it? Like the transits. (laughs) That's right. And also the eclipses, you know, it's pretty similar timing for that as well. And To be in this post-eclipse energy and to be sitting with it instead of impulsively making choices, I think is really powerful. Yeah, and actually, if you look at the overall arching theme of all of these cards, they all have some implication of sitting and being still and holding. And even that two of pentacles, it's pretty volatile. Those pentacles are not staying in one place. No, and the folks on the ships in the background of that card are on the right of their lives. (laughs) (laughs) And even the Knight of Cups, like he's technically in movement, but homeboy's sitting down. He's going really slow, like his horse ain't even like in stride. Yeah, and we pulled the Knight of Wands last month, so we have another knight back. Mm. Thank you so much, Uni, for sharing a little bit more about the cards that you pulled for the month of July. I'm really excited to dive deeper into them and integrate them with the transits of the month. And from there, let's dive into the Cancer New Moon, which is our first celestial event of interest. It's at 18 degrees Cancer on Friday, July 9th. There is a relief and there's a refuge to be found within this new moon as the moon is at home in the sign of the crab. And this is also the first new moon post-eclipse season. That being said, we all know that cancer is a water sign and therefore it is emotionally inclined. And we talked about this on the last episode, but I think it's always worth repeating. Eclipse events often take place after the eclipse portal closes. So that combination of the emotionality of cancer season and the reality that eclipse season is still with us, even though we're not in the midst of it anymore, makes it so this new moon may be one where emotions are feeling a little bit overwhelming. And some folks, especially our cardinal signs, may even feel that this new moon is more intense than one or even both of the eclipses that we just had. That's super interesting. And you are absolutely right about this Cancer New Moon being pivotal. It's absolutely the case for me. The Cancer New Moon feels like a soft reset on the mainframe of our lives, given the volatile and jarring nature of last month's eclipse portal. This welcomes change in pace and a shift in focus as we move towards rejuvenation and nurturing ourselves while tending to domestic affairs. This is an excellent time to put the revelations of the eclipse season into full swing. It feels very aligned for me because July 9th, new moon in Cancer is going to be when I initiate myself into the path of night. And I'll be diving deeper within my practice and understanding the liminal as I descend into these deeper waters of my own personal of my own personal consciousness. Wow. That's really beautiful and also raises a lot of questions. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, I was just thinking about it too, just because you mentioned that cancer is just so watery and it makes me think of the creation myth about cancer. So when Hera had sent this like crab to go attack Hercules, Hercules ended up killing the crab and in exchange for its service, she turned him into the constellation of cancer. And what better time to see the stars and when there is no moon out the new moon offers us this opportunity to really step out into a virgin sky to be able to look at the illumination that's coming from within the dark so as i take this great leap forward into this 
sometimes off-putting path for people. I think there's a lot to be illuminated within those spaces because it is within our shadows that we find our gifts. And if we can tap into that bright divine light within and use it to be our guiding force as we tread the mill in the underworld, we can develop a relationship with those aspects of ourselves that we're afraid to look at and also a deeper understanding of ourselves that maybe we don't even yet know. Mm, And I imagine that you won't be able to approach that with all of your armor on, which is a huge theme for this Cancer New Moon is softening. Mm. And that can sound really simple, like, oh, I'm going to be softer now, but it can be really challenging to soften in a hardened world that perpetuates a narrative of pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. And because softness isn't celebrated enough in our culture, it can feel really uncomfortable to be soft or to allow others to see you or feel your softness. And inside of that crab shell, the crab itself is tender. But those who only see the shell would never know that. Mm. Opening up can feel hard as crab shells. But once you do it, you realize how soft the world is underneath all that armor. And you can shift your point of view to become one that values softness rather than hides from it. And so for you initiating this beautiful new journey where you're going to be doing some really deep healing work that's going to benefit not only you, but beings that are physically present and spiritually present on this planet to approach that with a gentle softness is going to be so aligned with this Cancerian energy on this new moon. And it takes that softness to get into the depths of that because if you think about it, that's where our core wounding lies. Absolutely. Mm. So there are some aspects happening on this new moon that I want to mention as well. This new moon is going to be in a square to the comet Chiron, who is in Aries at 12 degrees. And with the tension of the square, we are being reminded that we cannot expect hiding our pain to be a reliable way to lessen, heal, or eliminate it. What's coming to the surface for you right now is doing so for a reason. And cancer season creates a container to support the necessary self-tending that we're being invited to lean into. But cancer is the crab, and crabs do like to disappear into their shells. On this new moon, it's helpful to resist the desire to run from that which hurts. We must face the wounds in order to begin healing them. And the new moon is also in a trine to Neptune, who's at 23 degrees in Pisces. This is going to be opening the gateways of our imaginations. Tying this back into the theme of softening this aspect helps us leverage the power of our subconscious minds to create new realities in the conscious and concrete 3D world around us. What would your relationship with yourself look like if you held your hurts instead of gaslighting yourself out of acknowledging your wounds when they're hurting? Neptune is working with our Cancerian new moon to help bring us home to ourselves. I call myself home is a powerful mantra to integrate into your new moon ritual this month. That's what I'm going to be working with personally. And the last aspect I want to mention for this new moon is that Mars is playing a part of reawakening those Saturn Uranus squares that we've been talking about that have been dominating the year of 2021. For context, Mars squared Saturn and Jupiter back in January and is going to oppose Uranus later in the year in mid-November. Currently, Mars is at 17 degrees Leo conjunct Venus in a trine to Chiron, in a square to Uranus, and in opposition to Saturn. And I know that's a lot of action, even for the planet that rules our actions. And all these aspects involving Mars are highlighting the importance of our movements, reminding us of Newton's third law of motion, which states that every action has an equal and opposite reaction. With Venus conjunct Mars, the infamous red planet feels more like a fuchsia pink. Venus, known as the lesser benefic planet to Jupiter, actually helps Mars do exactly what we're all meant to do with this Cancerian new moon. It softens the armor Mars is wearing as it engages 
with key outer planets Uranus in a square, Saturn in that opposition I mentioned. And the ally for this new moon isn't a forceful yang masculine energy. It's actually the opposite of that. It's compassionate yin observation and receptivity. I definitely see this tying into the cards this month. Uni, what do you think? Oh, yes. That's so Queen of Cups. And the cancer armor, it makes me think that cup that she's holding in her hands, like what's inside of that cup. When I think of it, it's like the cauldron of creation. The cauldron of creation is pitch black. It's moving. It has this shimmery surface where literally anything that exists comes from there and everything returns back to it. That is so yin energy. That is so receptive. That is so beautifully dark and primordial it's literally the universe coming into creation and you're being offered the invitation to get curious and go down there you can take off your armor when you're in the dead of night there's nobody to see except the faint illumination of the stars shining overhead to just remind you that you are source And who needs armor when you've got a cup that looks this fucking epic? I mean, that cup is armored. (laughs) I mean, it's like I hold that up if someone's coming for me and they're like, no, never mind. Never mind. What's in there? Like, bitch, you don't want to find out what's in here. Or do you? (laughs) Or do you? (laughs) Well, you might if you're on an underworld journey like you are. You might be like, open that up. I want to know what's inside. Well, and I would like to even point out that if we're taking into consideration that knight of cups as well the knight of cups a lot of times you want to think about him as moving forward but then what happens when we're being over idealistic when we're not choosing to look at what is in our cup because we're so busy chasing this four cups energy where we're just grabbing whatever cup that's coming to us without us taking time to really get down into the refined version of what's inside of that cup like why do you have to be looking it's right here how can we give ourselves the sacred pause to explore that to get curious about it to taste that so that when you do see another cup there's nothing pulling you towards it that isn't of you Mm, i love that and i also think with the cups it's like what kind of liquids in that? And am I thirsty for that? Mm. Like when you go out drinking and then you wake up the next morning and you're super hungover and you grab a glass of water and it's vodka. Like you don't want that vodka. You're hungover. <laughs> <laughs> you want water. You take something, you think it's one thing, but it's another thing. Yes. Uh, <laughs> as when I woke up one time hungover and accidentally drank a bottle of chew water. <laughs> Ew, tobacco (laughs) water. Oh my God. Yes. That's got to be gross. What do you think's worse? Tobacco water or, and this is gross, bong water? Uh, Tobacco water. You think it's worse? I guess because you tasted it. People were spitting it. (laughs) They were spitting it into a bottle. (laughs) But I mean, okay. Yeah. I guess the bong water is just like resin. That's nobody's spit. Well, might be some spit in there actually nobody spit but you know like since you're on the topic of bongs i heard that if you take that bong water and do it in a magical sense you can offer it as a gift oh to your altar i love that i have to put my altar outside to offer it because it's gonna stank but uh, yeah you know what? i just figured something out I'm pretty sure that what the Queen of Cups is holding is a fucking bomb. (laughs) This bitch is getting high. I knew it. I fucking knew it. It's part of her transcendental nature. It helps take her there all the way. (laughs) She's like, I want to feel it. I want to really, really feel it. So I'm going to go get high. I, I also like all of this too, if you think about what's inside of the cup, because it's also a reminder for you not to water yourself down and not to dilute yourself to preach fit other people's flavors because you know what my my cup of whatever the hell i am is pretty bitter (laughs) okay if you were a drink what would it be because i'm pretty sure i'm kool-aid uh i'm probably a pretty bitter wine you're a bitter wine Uh uh-huh yeah i'm like (laughs) full-bodied somebody hands you a cup of me and you're like oh it's wine and then you drink it and you're like it's just sugar yeah kool-aid oh my god (laughs) Kool-Aid, really? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. You're, you're sweet. <laughs> uh, uh. 
<laughs> but the red kind because it's so good. You're busting down the walls, okay? Yeah, I'm gonna bust through this wall. Watch out! I gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think that's enough for this Cancerian new moon. Soak in the magic of the crab. After our Cancer new moon, we're gonna have some more movement into Cancer Mercury, who has been in Gemini since early May, so two months is going to be moving into Cancer on Sunday the 11th. Cancer is cardinal water. And Mercury's brief two-week journey through this sign asks us to speak with integrity and care and to share our ideas from a soulful center that's unafraid to initiate conversations that can radically shift relationship dynamics and allow us to deepen our connections to one another through our communication. Mercury is past the post-shadow retrograde period now, and with Cancer ruling the fourth house of home and family, this is a wonderful transit for conversations about and with family members or folks who are so close to you that they are another kind of family. If you're in therapy or you have a trusted confidant that you can share with, this brief period that aligns with the final weeks of Jupiter's preview transit through Pisces is an ideal time to explore root issues that connect to familial wounds or generational trauma. Sometimes we have to look behind us in order to center ourselves in our journeys forward. Very much that Knight of Cups energy that we were just talking about. Mm -hmm. But it is wise to keep in mind the words of author and spiritual teacher Mary Ann Williamson, who says, we do not heal the past by dwelling there. We heal the past by living fully in the present. So with this transit, I see an opportunity for us to acknowledge the past, allowing the knowledge of what has come to pass to inform, but not hinder the present moment. That was beautifully said. And I totally agree. You have the present moment right now. Yes, you have the backing of your ancestors. And you could totally look at that four of cups and think of that tree as being the foundational root system of the ancestors and you being the one sitting there. You're the one who chooses how you're going to engage. You have the luxury and the honor to be the most current incarnation of. So yes, you can work with the ancestors, but that doesn't mean that you have to do everything that they ask you to. And I think that's the beautiful balance that you see within the two of pentacles. And that's where you see the balance in motion where you see it actually being played out in real life. When you were talking about the Queen of Cups being this like confidant, being able to share this with almost like this matriarchal holding capacity of family and what it is to be at home with people and aligning that with that Knight of Cups because the Knight of Cups Again, going back to his funny little hat, he's got those little wings. That is totally Mercury. That is information. How is it like relayed? And you're being selective and you're coming from a heart centered space when you're choosing to unpack that around the right people. And that is absolutely beautiful. And I think that's why he's moving so slow because he's in no rush. Soul work is not something that you can rush right through. It's going to be slow and deliberate and it's gonna come in waves and tides it's so connected to that water which is the ebb and flow of the waves in the back of that two of pentacles i love that in the image that you brought to that card and i'd like to add that i think maybe the reason the knight of cups is moving so slowly is because he was hanging out with the queen of cups and she got him high <laughs> and now he's just not moving as quickly you know and the thing is if you've ever smoked weed and we can talk about this here in portland oregon because it's, it's portland oregon let's be real that it does slow you down and it does help you connect to like gratitude for things that are very present that's actually the main reason that i ever smoked weed and it's the main reason why i like to talk about marijuana as something that is medicinal because in moments in my life where i felt go, 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 quick paced in that yang energy of the world that's all about production, all about the future, what's coming. When I felt the most lost and lonely and I felt down and I was depressed, that when I had access to marijuana, 
it helped remind me like, hey, what matters is what's happening right now. Mm. The present moment is what matters. And when I was able to ground down into the present moment, I stopped worrying about the future. I stopped worrying about the past. It actually helped me integrate everything into the now. So Mm. I like to joke about it. Of course I do. (laughs) But I also like to bring some truth to it, that there are tools here. And, you know, that might not be your tool of choice. Might have something else entirely different. Essential oils are another good one for grounding down into the present moment. Mm -hmm. You don't have to smoke them. I mean, you could. I don't know what would happen. Well, I mean, they're all plant allies at the end of the day. So you're working with nature spirits regardless. So, of course, they're going to be here to support and aid you in whatever capacity. If it resonates with you, cool. If it doesn't, awesome. I think that's really beautiful of you to share that because I totally agree. So, so okay. Does that mean that that little cloud that's offering <laughs> up is actually... Is there weed? weed? Like, cough? <laughs> yeah, the queen of cuffs was like, she took a really big hit and she blew it out and it sent this cup over to this guy and he's like... I don't know about that. That's why that's why he's taking a little bit of a time out. He's like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to pull the uh, the two of pentacles into this at some point. I don't know. I, all I see is the condom on his head. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least he's practicing safety. Yeah, he's striving for something higher. That's right. That's right. Thank you for uh, humoring me. That was a lot of fun. And moving on from those cards, we'll look at the next transit, which is on Friday, July 16th. Chiron goes retrograde in Aries and will remain retrograde until December. How wonderful is it that we get to sit with our core wounding? You know, Rumi once said, the wound is the place where the light enters you. And this is an opportunity to revisit the sacred wound that we've been numbing or avoiding through distractions. Aries is cardinal fire and as such has a tendency to charge forward without looking back never taking time to unpack the experiences as it rushes towards new ones. This is going to bring up childhood wounding, past traumas, and giving us a sacred pause to untangle some of the twisted cords of destiny that we've maybe been avoiding. And it might be helpful to see where you have any Aries placements within your birth chart because it may offer you some deeper insights onto what flavor this transit will take for you. Absolutely. This is definitely going to be impacting folks with those Aries placements a lot more. But Chiron moves slowly. Chiron's going to be in Aries until 2027. And Chiron goes retrograde every year. So we have this opportunity every year to deepen our relationship with this transit. And when we are working with Chiron, we're naturally working with our shadows. And it's our challenge as well as our honor to get to work with our wounds, to elevate our self-awareness, as well as activate our unique spiritual gifts. My mantra for Chiron's annual retrograde is I am whole. I like working with I am statements in particular because of the Aries placement where Chiron has been and like I said, is going to be for many more years to come. The statement itself of I am is significant across cultures, but pulling from Christianity and in the Bible, God actually refers to themselves as I am, telling Moses, I am who I am, and you shall say this to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. Working with I am has always been powerful because it's a reclamation of our realities and a merger between our inner and outer worlds. The concept of I am God in and of itself which I know can be really controversial to say. And actually, the first time I heard someone say, I am God, was one of your ex-boyfriends, Uni. Um, I mean, I say it all the time, too. (laughs) He had it tattooed in his lip. Oh, yeah, that one. (laughs) (laughs) And I was still really Christian-ish at that time. Like, I still had Christian roots. Ish. Yeah, ish. It's very ish now. But I still believe in a lot of the different stuff. I just, you know... Organized religion is really fucked up. But I remember the first time that I saw that and he showed me the tattoo and my whole body reacted like with repulsion because I was so conditioned that the thought that someone would claim that they have the power of God was extremely offensive to me. And I sat with it and I sat with it and I sat with it. And it took me time to figure out what that really meant. And even after he explained it to me, 
face to face. I still didn't get it. It took so much time, maybe months, maybe even a year for me to understand that for someone to say I am God is to say that they are one Mm -hmm. with God, that they are merged with spirit. Like I said, I have Christian roots and I know a lot more about Christianity than I do most other religions. Although I know a lot of Mormons, so I can probably tell you a lot about Mormonism. (laughs) But yeah, it's an interesting thing to consider. And I really encourage everybody listening to work with I am statements in general and look to the root of it, which is why I wanted to bring it up, because there is a root to that statement that God, this entity that is spoken about and called different things and all these different religions claimed the name of I am. That's significant. And so when we're working with Chiron's retrograde, picking I am statements to work with that can help you heal your wounding is profound. And that's why I'm using I am whole. Because reminding myself that I'm not broken, I'm not lost, I'm not needing your fucking saving. I'm going to save myself. In fact, I'm going to save myself from thinking I need to be saved. Mm. I'm whole as I am. I love that so much on so many levels. And that all is a lot of root chakra work as well. Just even being able to recognize that anytime that you speak an I am statement, you're literally casting a spell out to the universe. So you should be very mindful of that. And it takes a lot of forgiveness for us to be able to forgive ourselves for having held on so tightly to those beliefs and i think when you explore the shadow of intolerance at its core it's because we are latching on to something that at the end of the day wasn't really ours to be holding on to and once we have the understanding of the conditioning behind that and we truly get to integrate back into the unity that's outside of the separation then we realize that yes in a very potent way we are direct reflections of god because we are made in the image of gods and gods could not exist without us to create them in a sense so it's a feedback loop that feeds back into us and i think the more that we can really expand into that the more capacity we have to grow into these new shells that are not going to be soft forever but soft but also maybe strong resilient maybe they're made out of spider web i don't know (laughs) (laughs) maybe they're made out of pieces of the queen's cup yeah or fragments of stars Mm. i love Chiron retrograde. I think this is going to be a great flavor to add to all of our other transits. And I definitely see a connection to the four of cups with this specific retrograde because Chiron is retrograde until the end of the year. And that is intentional. There's a reason that all the outer planets, they take so much longer to go through their retrograde periods And that's because we're not meant to process and heal things overnight. And I think that in an instant gratification world, in an instant gratification culture, that it's really hard sometimes to just sit with things and to process them and to be okay with not knowing and not knowing and not knowing. And then a week goes by and you still don't know. And a month goes by and you still don't know. We do a lot of outsourcing of our knowing which is the Hierophant energy of this whole year, right? Like it's like, well, I don't know. So you must know. It's amazing how much you can get away with if you just walk into a room with confidence. I've walked into rooms with like extreme confidence and people just follow me. Like I'm the fucking tour guide of that building. (laughs) And I'm like, I have no idea where I am. But if I have the confidence that I do, people are like, she's a leader. Follow her, you know? And that's that's subtle energy. And your body's going to pick up on that. Happiness doesn't come from gaining answers. It comes only when we are so fed up with the answers that we decide to live the questions out entirely. And then our life radiates this vibe. And finally, we relax while being a service into the world by simply doing that. And another reminder that with wounding, we're wounded on the onset. And then we battle our shadows to overcome our limitations 
then at some point we had to surrender our need to control then with that we find our true self and that puts us on the path to really unlocking our true purpose in life mm, yes there's a lot of surrendering to be had here surrender to a lot of the things because it makes it a lot more easeful because why swim upstream when you can just not <laughs> yeah why swim up a stream when you can find yourself a slide yeah exactly it's like let it come to you let it hurt and then let it heal feel it or heal it that's right so after we have chiron going retrograde and aries we are gonna have venus entering virgo on july 21st it's a wednesday and this is going to kick off a transit that asks us if we are really paying attention. If you know anybody with their natal Venus in Virgo, then likely you know that one of their love languages involves paying attention to all the little details. My partner Dave has his natal Venus in Virgo, and I've really enjoyed learning about his love languages over the years. He is very detail-oriented and often prioritizes things that I never even considered before, a really great example of this is his attention to the air quality within our apartment. I really learned the value of his attention to detail last summer when we had those awful wildfires along the West Coast, including here in Oregon. We had already owned an air purifier, and Dave also went and got us an extra air filter before they sold out all across town during what I think is fair to call the worst air quality week of our lives. His ability to focus on the little details had a big impact on our health, and it made me more aware of how valuable it is to have his Venus in Virgo resourcefulness by my side. But Venus doesn't love being in Virgo, as this is the sign where the relational planet is least comfortable, and it's in what's known as its fall in astrological essential dignities. Virgo is ruled by Mercury. It's a thoughtful sign that has a strong intellectual focus. And because of this, one of the greatest allies for this transit is meditation, or as friend of the pod Jana Romer suggests, yoga nidra. When we clear our minds of the mental Olympics we sometimes fall into, there is an essential dignity pun in there. We're able to get clarity on how we truly feel to align ourselves within our relationships to self and other with less static. Speak your needs from a place of worthiness and take pauses to process before jumping back into the conversation. A great mantra for this transit is I get to curate everyone's experience of me and I speak with loving kindness to all beings, including myself. Uni, what do you think of this transit and how it relates to the tarot? Uh, firstly, snap, snap, snap. <laughs> you have to feel worthy at all times because that is the pinnacle of what it is to be an aware human. Because if you don't feel worthy, then you are not acknowledging that God peace within you. And if you're not acknowledging that, then you're already cutting yourself off from source. Although not truly possible, it does create the illusion of. So you have the contrast in order to know when you're in and out of alignment. And I absolutely agree with you with saying that it is about noticing the little things. And it also gives us an opportunity to flex that gratitude muscle. Gratitude is the attitude of abundance. And if you can already be in this process where you are constantly noticing and having gratitude around the tiniest little things in your everyday environment then you best believe you're sprinkling a little bit more of that magic that's taking the ordinary into extraordinary by you simply taking the moment to acknowledge that and in a sense that's very much adding value to something that was seemingly invaluable as far as the cards are concerned, it connects to the Two of Pentacles and the Four of Cups. The Two of Pentacles, because he is obviously having to juggle all these things, and that includes the tiny things. And sometimes when you're in those moments of motion where things maybe didn't go correctly for your day, that's when those little things are actually that much more important, where you're like, oh, Thank God that I restocked the toilet paper 
before I used the bathroom or something. Before the pandemic hit. (laughs) Yeah, that too. (laughs) And uh, the Four of Cups, because the Four of Cups is taking time. And in order for you to really take time and sit with your cups so that you're not looking for other people's cups, you're also taking into consideration all the things that you have. Are you are you ready to take on another cup? Do you even need another cup? Do you like have a whole closet full? I don't know. It's really getting us back to that very basic piece of gratitude. Mm, yes, I love all of that so much. Venus and Virgo, it's not a very long transit, so something to soak in and work with. And another phrase I think would be great for this transit is just using the words thank you. Sending that gratitude to things that are so easy to overlook every day. You know, I I bring my water bottle with me everywhere I go. But when was the last time I told my water bottle, thank you? Thanks for holding my water. Thanks for being my sidekick. Like, I need you. I drink from you every day. Like, sending gratitude to something that's so easy to overlook and doing that all day doing as often as you can during this transit is going to raise your vibration. You should just do it all the time. I, yeah, forever. I, I literally walk around the street and I'm just, thank you, thank you, thank you. And people just give you things when you say thank you all the time. You know, things just manifest. You're just, you are attracting things because you're in that energy of gratitude that you were talking about. Yeah, you become magnanimous. And in that way, you magnetize the environment and it comes to you. They come to you. (laughs) That's right. And speaking of things coming to you, we have the season of the lion on Thursday, the 22nd. The sun is going to enter Leo and Leo season will begin. This is our fixed fire sign and Leo rules the heart. It's also associated with the strength card and tarot. That's a great ally that you can pull out of your deck for Leo season. And the lion season is a chapter all about personal empowerment. And the sun's annual journey through Leo invites us to engage with and prioritize play alongside our work and responsibilities. On a collective level, I believe we're all unlearning the toxic productivity culture that we've been living in. And I feel like we talk about this on every episode because it's so relevant. And we're also reframing play as productive. It's an important part of breaking the patterns that have had so much of the world convinced that working is the only way to be productive. I definitely sense the two of pentacles with this Leo season as a great ally, encouraging us to balance work and play. But I also think pulling out that strength card, like I mentioned, can be really helpful as a visual representation of the kind of softening that we've been doing during cancer season and a reminder that you do have to be soft to be strong which is an awesome Marina lyric for those who enjoy her music like I do. Mm. Yeah, I am a big fan of the season of the lion. And I ain't lying <laughs> because it's obviously my opposite sign, but also I just feel really empowered, really invigorated. It feels like people are out and about. I'm just motivated. I'm in the middle of summer. I'm like, hey, look, let's go do stuff. And when i go into the colder seasons that's what i miss i miss being surrounded by my leos too as a air sign i am surrounded by fire everywhere and i love it yeah it's very true everywhere you go there's a fire sign all over my state (laughs) (laughs) yeah hopefully the wildfires don't catch on to that hey yeah right (laughs) I'm excited for Leo season. I know it's going to be really rewarding. It's going to be really empowering. And I think that's a big theme of this month of July in general is empowerment. I think it's important as well, given the fact that we kind of had our summer taken from us due to COVID last year. So we weren't able to really flourish in the social environments that we are accustomed to this time of year. If you're in the Northern Hemisphere. Yeah, You're going to take Leo season back because we didn't get enough of it last year. You're totally right. Can't get enough of you. We really can. I mean, a Leo walks into the room and you're like, well, hello there. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) It's Dave. (laughs) Come here, Dave. So speaking of Aquarius being the opposite sign of Leo, on Friday, July 23rd, we have the full moon at one degree Aquarius. 
Aquarius is a very intellectual sign. And no, I'm not just saying that because I'm sitting here with Uni, who's an Aquarius. <laughs> the culmination of the Aquarian full moon is a time for sharing knowledge and releasing old knowledge that may have been outdated or perhaps was never factual at all. Aquarius is the sign that rules science. And any scientist knows that one of the most frustrating yet important parts of science is that theories and variables change over time. Aquarius creates space for these shifts. And with the change maker Uranus as its modern planetary ruler, the electric air sign approaches change with open arms. This full moon is asking us to step into our power with the openness and the attachment-free strategies of the Aquarian mind. And with the full moon conjunct Pluto, the main theme of this full moon is reclaiming our power. So really building on this empowerment theme of Leo season. Mm, 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 mm. I can't agree more. It's time to innovate. Take that empowerment and innovate. Come at it a new way. Take down the old structures. I'm not going to lie to you, Carrie. Every single Aquarian full moon has always been absolutely difficult for me. And maybe it's just because I was born under a dark moon, so I'm more connected to the dark moons. But I have, I'm pretty sure, at least for the last four or five years, I have an art piece that I created on that day because I was just going through so much and in very much the same kind of fashion where I'm excavating, ripping apart, remaking some aspect of myself in the art. It's illuminating and bringing in this new culmination of like power and energy that needs to be brought back to the surface so yes although it is turbulent for me emotionally and maybe mentally as my mind is trying to grasp itself around the fact that it's being torn into little pieces only to get put back together again at the end of the day it ends up being expansive as fuck mm, i love 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 hearing that well not the part about you getting torn apart tear but me apart tear me up tear me up tear me up and turn it up turn down for what um <laughs> i love it yeah i think that aquarius you know folks who have your your sun sign are gonna definitely be feeling this strongly whenever we're looking at a full moon whatever sign it's in you want to look at the other signs that share the same modality so you want to look at other fixed signs and be just aware of them also going through it because if they're not a sun sign Aquarius, but they're a sun sign Taurus, for example, that's a square aspect between their sun and this full moon, which means that the tension of that can be really overwhelming and emotional. But you're definitely tapping into some of that Leo season wisdom by creating something on the Aquarian full moon. And that's always going to be a really great ally for anybody, but especially our Aquarius folks who are going to be feeling this full moon very strongly to create something, to do something that's expressive. And if it, art's not your thing, create some music. If music's not your thing, dance. If dance is not your thing, watch something theatrical. You know, do something that's going to engage a creative piece of your mind. Yeah, and art, literally living is an art. So you can make anything into art. And I would invite you to also look at productivity as creativity. I'd rather look at what I've created, whether it's still in conceptual form or actually on paper. It doesn't matter if I've given myself the created outlet that's more productive than doing some mindless task all day. Absolutely. And some of the aspects that we have impacting this full moon that I wanted to share about are in opposition to Mars, which is at 26 degrees Leo. This full moon is asking us to reflect our light on the other, as always, right? This is how full moons are. And for Aquarians, the other to be considered is Leo. Mars in Leo emphasizes the actions that we take that impact our hearts. As always with full moon, something has come to a head. And as it reaches the finish line, we are encouraged to graduate it by leveling it up or leaving it behind. The question with Mars involved is what can you benefit from releasing that has been blocking your heart and eroding your power? The sun in Leo empowers us to advocate for ourselves and others. 
A difference in opinion may require a compromise of the heart. We also have Pluto at 25 degrees Capricorn opposing Mercury at 21 degrees Cancer. With this, we're reminded to continue to carry the recent Cancer New Moon theme of softening into our communication styles. If a confrontation takes place on or near this full moon, it's important to speak from a heartfelt place rather than a prideful one. No one wins when conflict remains unresolved. And another opposition is also happening between Jupiter, who's retrograde in Pisces, at zero degrees, and Venus, who's at two degrees in Virgo. This is really challenging our attention to how we expand. Lastly, I wanted to mention we have Saturn in Aquarius, trining the North Node in Gemini and in a sextile to Chiron, who is in Aries. These are some positive aspects that are going to lessen the polarization of all these other planetary players by asking us to look for ways to let healing be easy. Sometimes the fastest way to resolve an issue is the simplest way, by apologizing and taking accountability where it's necessary to do so. Keep in mind that this full moon is in Aquarius, so issues that may be center stage right now are likely to be Aquarian in nature. This can show up as a clash of ideas, challenges within social networks, or challenges in balancing the prioritization of self with other. Responsibilities that overlapped and intersect and don't always see eye to eye might be coming up center stage. There are so many oppositions taking place during this Aquarius full moon that I think we need to be working with balance as an ally. And sometimes the best way to work with balance is to strip away all the extra things that we don't need. What do you really need to focus on? What is the thing or the things, two things, hopefully not more than two, that you are ready to graduate, to level up, or leave behind, like I said earlier. I think that's going to be the focus for this full moon. And that's the intersection of all four of those cards, if you think about it. She's steadily focused on whatever is inside that heart-centered space. Mm. He's moving towards it. He's ready to make a move or not, depending on the environment. Mm, Yes, I see how all of them intersect. You're absolutely right. And that's why the theme I saw with this one was reclaiming our power, recognizing how much power you really do have. All of it. All of it. And with that, we have our next transit, always keeping close to the sun. Our quick moving planetary messenger Mercury moves into Leo on Tuesday, July 27th for just over two weeks of passionate conversations and creative community building. This transit encourages us to build upon what we learned the previous two weeks as Mercury moved through Cancer. When we speak intuitively, we can feel what's most valuable to share before opening our mouths just to fill the silence. Mercury and Leo invites us to align our spoken and unspoken words with our hearts. A great mantra to work with this transit is I speak from my heart center. I always wear a rose quartz bracelet to remind me to do just this. Because the world is harsh enough as it is. Every encounter that we have with another is an opportunity to add value to their experience of us and the world as a whole. I spoke about this earlier on in the episode when we were exploring Venus and Virgo, and I feel that as we shift through the transits, we are being given an opportunity to build upon each sign, moving consciously and thoughtfully through the zodiacal wheel. I was recently on that trip to California that I mentioned earlier with Katie to visit our friend Tani, and on that trip, something clicked where I realized the power of my presence and my ability to influence the energy of every unique encounter and i knew that that was a message i really wanted to share on the episode for the month of july Mm. yes you do have your powerhouse my girl but we all are yes we all are powerhouses my girls (laughs) (laughs) yeah claim Uh, that power claim it grab it it's yours baby you're magnanimous as fuck Exactly. And that's Mercury and Leo. And he's so handsome. He really is. <laughs> We're talking about Dave, right? Uh, Mercury. He's cute, too, I guess. OK, I'll take him. After Mercury enters Leo on the 27th, the next day on Wednesday, July 28th, our two month preview of Jupiter in Pisces is going to come to an end as Jupiter, who is now retrograde, is moving backwards 
into the sign of Aquarius once again. This is our final chapter of Jupiter's journey through the sign of the water bearer as Jupiter won't return to Aquarius again for 12 more years. To some, this may be a relief as Jupiter and Aquarius may have made some tough aspects for them, whereas for others, this is going to be a treat as Jupiter's return in retrograde motion to the Aquarian center is a second shot at receiving downloads that were interrupted when Jupiter entered Pisces back in May. Regardless of the specifics that can vary from chart to chart, one thing rings true for us all. We are being given this time for a reason, and all transits are here to teach us something. If you're not yet clear on the lessons Jupiter and Aquarius has been trying to teach you, now is the time to open yourself up to receiving them. Aquarius is untamed and unpredictable, so it's wise to keep an open mind as Jupiter transits in retrograde motion once more through the eccentric air sign. A good jumping off point for this transit is to ask yourself what expansion within my life would bring the greatest benefit to me and to the communities around me. Remember with Chiron, who's retrograde in Aries now, to hold the wisdom that the empowerment of others does not require the sacrifice of the self. There is a way to empower both the self and the other, and expansion is not mutually exclusive. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. You want to change the world? Start with yourself. So simple it seems unbelievable at times. The solutions that are simple are usually the last we reach for. It's Occam's razor. The simplest answer is often the right one. I think that's what it is. Mm, Yeah, and simplicity is not our forte. Complication and complexity seems to draw our attention the most. Yeah, and yet it's the simplest things that can bring you back home to yourself. Like when you're just really, really thirsty and you have a glass of water. That's me right now. (laughs) (laughs) He's a thirsty girl. Always. Always. And for our final transit, on Thursday, July 29th, we have Mars entering Virgo. This transit will last about 48 days. 48 days later. Uh, and Mars and Virgo is going to give us a much needed focus and clarity in our pursuits. This flavors a transit with a structural integrity that can provide a framework for us to get shit done in an efficient manner. It also cues us into where we can direct our focus with a more applied approach. Virgo, as a peacekeeper, brings a degree of equilibrium to the fiery energy of Mars. This can be helpful in that it offers us a chance to look before we leap, so to speak, so we aren't trampling over people as we rush out the gates. I think that's very true. Looking before you leap, leaning into those Virgo pieces of awareness that can help guide you forward with Mars and Virgo is going to be very helpful. This is one of the best transits for purging closets, rearranging spaces, even decluttering your email. So many things in the virtual world are also a mess and require tending. And Mars and Virgo is here to help support us in doing that, using organization as a tool to create more spaciousness for movement and growth. Y'all may recall that I've been trying to move in recent months, and in true Saturn return fashion, I have hit roadblock after roadblock on the pathway to homeownership. While I haven't been able to transform my immediate circumstances in the ways that I desire, like my desire to move into a bigger, more expansive space, I have become more strategic to meeting my own changing needs. So to create the feeling that I'm seeking in my future home, I've begun downsizing and I recently moved into an office nearby so that I'd have a separate place to work from that isn't my kitchen table anymore. Virgo is an earth sign, but it's also a mutable sign. And Mars and Virgo wants to help us unravel what shifts we need to make in order to root down with more grace. For me, I know that I need to kick it into gear as well when it comes to prioritizing my physical health. And this transit is another one that's going to be really supportive for recommitting to mindful movement, creating space to break a sweat with regularity and discipline. For some people, that might be lifting weights. For other people, it's going for walks or doing yoga, whatever floats your boat. Like getting some movement in is going to be really helpful 
especially with Mars and Virgo, because Virgo, again, is a very intellectual sign. So if you're processing things intellectually and you're physically in movement, you're going to be really leveraging the transit of Mars and Virgo. Mm-hmm. And Virgo is also known as one of the archetypes is as the healer. And so with Mars moving through the sign of the healer, we can ask ourselves, what moves do we need to make in order to heal ourselves more? What changes require our dedication? Movement, when mindfully engaged, is indeed a form of medicine. So with this transit, I'll be engaging in more movement as a means of healing myself and deepening the lessons of Jupiter retrograde now in Aquarius, as well as Chiron retrograde in Aries, building upon what I've learned to create sustainable shifts in my energetic vibration moving forward from July into August. Amen. And if you need help with that, I'm here for you. Yes, absolutely. We're always happy to connect. And that is our final transit for the month of July. And we're so grateful that you guys tuned in and listened and really hope that you found some magic in yourself reflected back at you in this episode. Yeah, and maybe got a few laughs out of it. (laughs) (laughs) You know us, always looking at those weird hats that these people are wearing in these cards. And hats off to that. That's right. And from there, we wish you guys a wonderful month of July. And we look forward to seeing you or I guess being heard by you in the month of August. We're seeing you with our psychic eyes and sending some mad, mad, mad psychic hugs and love all around. All right. We'll catch you guys on the next episode. Until then. Tschüss. Bye bye.